Shalom Aleichem, this is Rabbi Kovacs. Today the Mishnah Yomi Shir begins Seder Nashim, the order talking about women, about relationships and marriages. And we start with Masechet Yevamot, Tractate Yevamus. Now Yibum is often translated in English as leveret marriage, okay? So that's from the Latin word levir of brother. So it's a brother marrying the widow of his deceased brother. We shouldn't have to know of such things. This is a mitzvah. It's a commandment that's described in Devarim in Deuteronomy chapter 25. When brothers live together and one of them dies with no children, then the widow of the deceased can't marry an outside man. Rather, the yavam, meaning the brother-in-law, the brother of the deceased, should live with her, take her as a wife, and uh, yibamate her. And the firstborn shall take the name of the deceased brother. We're going to find out it's not literally the name, but he stands in as the inheritor. So that name, that, that person who deceased, the bloodline, will not be wiped out from Israel. And then the verses talk about if they don't want to, the, the man and the, the widow and the brother don't want to get married, there's a procedure called chalitza. We'll learn about that in detail later, which will release her to marry anyone, just not one of the brothers of her deceased husband. Now, it's interesting, Yibam actually comes up earlier in the Torah, in Bereshis chapter 38, with Yehuda and Tamar, where Tamar had been married to two sons of Yehuda who passed away, and then ended up marrying Yehuda, finally, and bearing twins, uh, Peretz and Zerach, as sort of stand-ins for the deceased sons, heir of Onan of Yehuda. There was also a quasi-Yibam situation when Boaz married Ruth, or Ruth. Uh, Ruth was actually not a widow of Boaz's brother, but Boaz was related enough that they, it was called Geula, not Yibam, where he could stand in and sort of do a Yibam-like situation. Now, the first Mishnah of Yavamot is quite complex. Actually, all of Yavamot is known to be complex. Yavamot is rated as one of the most difficult Masechdot in Shas, so we should not feel discouraged if this material is hard to understand on our first time through. And there are helpful charts that you can find in many of the Art Scroll Mishnayos and online and the Gemaras that sort of illustrate some of these relationship principles. So the first Mishnah is talking about a case where the deceased, the, the brother who passed away, left not only one widow, but more than one widow. Now, in ancient times, it was not unheard of for a man to marry more than one wife, so as we'll see, this might complicate the logistics, the eligibility of which wife, if any, is eligible to do the mitzvah of Yibam. So it reads, Chamesh Esrei Nashim, there are 15 women, potrot tsarotehim, who exempt their co-wives. They exempt themselves, of course, and also their co-wives. And future co-wives of their co-wife, mina chalitza o mina yibam. From Chalitza, the release ceremony we'll talk about later, and from the mitzvah of Yibam, of marrying the brother of the deceased husband. Ad Sofa Olam, and that chain can continue, we'll discuss in Mishnah Bet what that means. Be'eluhem, these are the 15. Bito, his daughter. Now, for example, there are two brothers, Reuven and Shimon. Reuven, unfortunately, passed away with no children, leaving two widows, Rachel, who is his brother's daughter, Shimon's daughter, and Sally, who's just not related at all. 
So not only is Rachel exempt from Yibam and Chalitza because the Yavam, the brother of the deceased, is her own father. It's an erva situation. There's no way they could possibly get married. But even Sally, the unrelated co-wife at the time of Reuven's death, is also exempt. The Mishnah continues listing these women. Bot Bito, his daughter's daughter. Bot Beno, or his son's daughter. Bot Ishto, his wife's daughter, even if it's his wife's daughter from a different marriage, a previous marriage. Bot Bena, the daughter of his wife's son from a different marriage, Bot Bita, or the grand or the granddaughter thereof, Hamoto, or the Yavam's mother-in-law. The M Hamoto, the mother-in-law's mother. It could be that his deceased brother had married the mother of his mother-in-law. I understand people married young back then, as we'll see. So it is theoretically possible. The M Chamov, the mother of his father-in-law, Achoto Meimo, or his maternal sister meaning Reuven and Shimon share a father, and they might even share a mother. Scrap that, they don't share a mother. Reuven and Shimon, the brothers in question, only share a father. They have separate mothers, and Shimon's mother also had another daughter from a different marriage, a previous marriage. So that woman is a sister of Shimon, but not related to Reuven. So Reuven could have married her, but then if a Yibam situation comes up, Shimon cannot. The Achot Imo, his mother's sister. Again, Reuven and Shimon could have different mothers and the same father. Achot Ishto, or his wife's sister. This could come up where two brothers married two sisters, and then one brother passed away with no children. The Eshet Ochiv Meimo, his maternal brother's wife, where Shimon had a brother from another mother, as they say in contemporary times, who is not related to the deceased, to Reuven, the deceased. Uh, who died without children, and that wife of Shimon's brother, they, they were divorced, or that other brother from another mother had passed away, so she had been married to Reuven at the time of his death. Mishnah adds, meaning the wife of a brother who was not alive at the same time of the deceased brother. A brother who had been much older, had predeceased this situation. Or Shimon's daughter-in-law, if Shimon's son had married this woman and then that there was a death or a divorce and uh this woman is free to remarry if she'd married Ruvain, the deceased brother there's no yibum the mishra repeats hare elu these women potrot sarotean they exempt their co-wives obviously themselves sarot sarotean the co-wives of a co-wife we'll talk about that in the next mishnah minachalitza minayibum ad sof haolam uh forever the Hulan, but any of these women, any of these situations, im meitu. If the women, the woman in question had died, the woman who was an erva, who was a relative somehow of the living brother, had actually died before Ruvain, before the brother in question died with no children, omiano, or they refused the marriage. Now this comes up if a girl was married at a young age and her father was not in the picture, she was married before bat mitzvah. You understand, in ancient times, people grew up much faster. And in ancient times, a 12-year-old, we consider a child today, might have much more practical life experience and wisdom and exposure to real living than a 20-year-old would have today. There are 20-year-olds today who claim they don't understand the consequences of taking out student loans. So it might be that a 12-year-old back then was, you understand, a different, very different society. We're going to learn later in Kiddushin that the, the Mishnah and the Gemara, they, they recommend that someone should not marry off his daughter when she's very young until she's old enough to understand the consequences and the relationship and to make sure it's a good shidduch.
So this marriage, this Miyun marriage, we'll learn about later, was rabbinic marriage. And she can, when she becomes bat mitzvah, she can say, listen, I don't want to go through, I don't want to continue with the marriage. So then the marriage is as if it never existed. So if the disqualified woman walked out of the marriage, onit garsha, or they were divorced, ocean nimtsu ailonit, or they were found out to be an ailonit, an ailonit we'll discuss later on, is a woman who doesn't have the normal female feminine childbearing uh, situation. And since she can't have children biologically, it's as if that marriage didn't exist in the first place. So if the problematic woman was out of the marriage to Ruvain, the husband, the, the, the man who passed away, the brother who passed away, before he passed away, of course, then Sarutean Mutarot, then the co-wives, the, uh, the other wife of Ruvain, who is still his wife, the marriage did not end, would be Mutter, to, for Yibam or Chalitza, they're allowed to do Yibam Chalitza with the surviving brothers. Since the problematic marriage, the marriage to, to a relative of some sort, was already ended or nullified before that, that man passed away. But you couldn't apply this, this exemption to the mother-in-law, because after all, a mother-in-law by definition has children. Or the mother of the mother-in-law, or the mother of the father-in-law. Shinimsu Ilanit Oshaminu. There's no never a situation they could be an Ilanit because they had children already. That proves they're not Ilanit. They're able to have children. Omianu, they couldn't do Miyun because they have to be old enough to have children, and now their children are getting married. Now on to Mishnabait. Ketsad Potrit Sorotein. How do these fifteen women exempt their co wives? So now thank God there's a bit of review and they spell out what happens. Haitabito so if Shimon's daughter or any of these women we've listed was married to his brother Ruvain who died without children, and he was married to another woman, Sally, when Ruvain died, just like the daughter, Shimon's daughter Rachel, is Pater from Chalitzer Yibam, so to the other wife, Sally, is also Pater, there's no Chalitza, there's no Yibam. Now the Mishnah spells out what we what did we mean ad olam that this continues bito So what if Sally goes and marries Levi, the third brother, the and Levi already had another wife Sprinza, Now Levi died, and his two widows Sprinza and Sally are up possibly for Yibum. Kishem should sort bito petura. So just like Sally, who had previously been married to Ruvain, the first brother to die, along with Rachel, the daughter of Shimon, so Sally's exempt, we know that, because she was the co-wife with Rachel, the daughter of Shimon, so to Sprinza, who was the next co-wife uh, to Sally, is also exempted. Afilu hen meya. Even if this chain repeats over a hundred brothers, I don't think that's ever happened in real life, but technically it could. We will see in Mesechet Yevamo there are certain cases that are quite outland- outlandish or very extremely unlikely, and they're often brought just to identify the outer bounds and parameters and logistics of Yibam, not that they ever happened in real life. Now, the Mishnah explains the end of Mishnah Aleph when we talked about a marriage ending before the death of the husband. mutarot. How, how, what's an illustration of when one of the, the erva wives, the problematic wives, passed away, and then the co-wife would be, would be allowed to do yibam or chalitza. Haita bito, if it was Shimon's daughter, Rachel, 
married to Reuven, or Achotmi Kol Arayot Eilun, or any one of these other women who was married to his brother, Vloisha Acheret, he had another wife, Sally, totally unrelated, Meitza Bito, Onit Garsha, so if the wife who's the daughter of the brother passed away or was divorced, and then after that, Reuven died. So when Reuven died, there was no relationship there anymore. So Sally could do Yibam or Chalitza with Shimon. Now the Mishnah ends with a, a detail of Miun, the ending of a rabbinic marriage when the girl, the girl becomes a bat mitzvah and wants to walk out, doesn't want to continue. If this girl was able to do Miun, was able to walk out of the marriage and therefore eliminate the problem that was preventing Yibam, but she doesn't want to. She picks, the, the woman, young woman picks to continue the marriage. So any co-wife that the deceased brother had along with this, this young woman who wanted, wanted to continue the marriage, she should get a Chalitza, but not a Yibam. Now, the reason for this is that we said this Miyun-type marriage. She was very young, and this marriage was recognized rabbinically, but not biblically. So she's rabbinically married to the deceased brother, and when he dies, she's a rabbinic Yavama, but that's not enough to knock out the biblical Yavama of the co-wife, who was older, and that was really a biblical marriage. So on a biblical level, the older co-wife should be eligible for Yibam, but since she was married, he, her co-wife, at least rabbinically, was a relative, one of these 15 relatives to the surviving brother. She needs to do Chalitza to release her, but she cannot do Yibam because that looks like one of these problematic situations. Yasher Kochachem, again, this is difficult, complex material. This is among the most difficult material in all of Shas and all of Jewish law. So Baruch Hashem Yesharkoch that we are delving into it, God willing.